Welcome to the 21st Century Classroom, podcast of the Tarrant Institute for Innovative Education. This episode is entirely given over to Life Ligaris, who had the chance to become part of a community-wide conversation on school change in the Washington West Supervisory Union in the Mad River Valley area of Vermont. The conversations were structured with a screening of the movie Most Likely to Succeed, followed by group discussions facilitated by students and other members of the Washington West community, including Life. These community conversations brought together 140 community members on four consecutive Monday evenings for two hours each session. Here's how it went. My name is Life Ligeros. I'm a professional development coordinator with the Tarrant Institute for Innovative Education. Uh, I'm also a community member in Washington West Supervisory Union. I've been interested in uh, education and democracy in education in particular um, since college. So I was very interested to hear about this community conversation approach. Once the session started, I was surprised by the makeup of our group. I was delighted to find that we had a number of students and uh, the community members were diverse. Um, Not all of them had children currently in the system, which was interesting. Uh, Most people in the room were were generally pretty successful in school, Um, but people when they shared experiences, either shared that the, that their educations had been overwhelmingly boring, in some cases mildly traumatic, because they didn't necessarily go for the compliance and rules-following structure of schooling. This dissatisfaction with traditional schooling seemed to apply across the community. Here's Evan, a junior at Harwood Union High School in Duxbury, Vermont, who co-facilitated a different group from mine. There's moments where we've had some very emotional moments with people sharing their own stories about their own education, um, which has totally opened up my eyes. I had, would never have imagined um, adults specifically having situations like ours or situations even worse than what we're having when they grew up. And so I used to always think adults kind of were like, ah, like, what's going on at school? How's this all going? I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. Like, it doesn't matter, you never experienced it, but hearing from what they have to say, it sounds like they know way more than what we could ever really know, which is ironic at the same time. In addition to Evan, I had the chance to interview other students and community members to hear their thoughts about the process. Two of the students I were most impressed by were Maya and Jonah, two sixth graders from Moortown Elementary School in Moortown, Vermont. They were in a group with students, teachers, and community members from nearby Crossett Brook Middle School and Harwood Union Middle School. The latter is the middle school they both expect to move up to. So why don't you start with telling me, like, how did you hear about it and why did you get involved? Um, the reason I got involved with it is because I wanted to hear other people's idea of how the community and education could change, change and make learning better. I wanted to see how other schools were adapting to Act 46 and 77 compared to our school. Cool. So how did it go? It went really well. Really well, yeah. Yeah, it went really well. We talked a lot about um, 21st century skills, passion projects, PLPs, and how we're going to move towards that. 
So did you feel like you were able to contribute to the discussion as well? Absolutely. How? how? Like, in a positive way to, like, help people, like, make recommendations to help students in school and stuff. I think there were a lot of teachers from Harwood, so they knew kind of what was going on at Harwood, and there were some from Crossbrook. So they were telling us how stuff went at those schools, and we were able to tell people how it went at Moortown mm-hmm. and compare how different it was here. And what was what was the comparison? Was um, it different at Harwood? Or? Yeah, one of the big things with technology at Harwood, they don't have a policy, and you can take out your phone whenever. Mm. And here we can't take out our phone until we're on the buses. Okay. There were a bunch of people who were saying the technology was good and other people were totally against the technology. Hmm. So there was kind of a debate about that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What did you guys contribute to that discussion? What did you guys say about the technology stuff? We told them about the technology we use here Mm -hmm. and how it's pretty helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're overloaded with technology? No. I don't think so. No, not at all. Okay. And you were able to express that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. What were people like most passionate about other than the proficiency-based piece and the technology? We were talking about the themes, and one of them was like equity. Mm-hmm. What else? What does that mean? Um, like giving people... Oh, like e- equal parts of like like places and stuff like like transportation and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were they showed a video where these students were able to do their passion projects in the community and help out. Mm-hmm. But the big problem was transfer transportation because if their parents weren't able to take them where they needed to be, then they couldn't participate mm. in activities. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So fairness, yeah. fairness issue. Yeah. yeah. Would you do this again? Yeah, definitely. Like yes. Yeah. Do you think other communities should do this again? Yeah. 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 I think it'd be really helpful because, like, we got to know what the parents and teachers also thought, mm-hmm. and other students. Were there any big recommendations that you wish would have been on the table or anything? I know there was one recommendation yesterday of um, their parents who didn't have, who dropped out of school mm-hmm. or didn't have a good experience when they were younger, so they don't want to get involved with their students learning. So they were the kind of people that everyone wanted in a meeting to see what they thought about all this stuff because mm-hmm. so they really wanted do you agree? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So kind of trying to think about how we can get everybody involved in the conversation? Yeah, yeah. I was inspired by certain members of our group. Um, Johnny, in particular, uh, I think really kind of emerged as an, a leader uh, over the course of our sessions. Uh, She did not have children directly in the system, Um, but between her unique perspective of coming, moving to Vermont, growing up elsewhere, um, her role as 
director of the Mad River Valley food shelf and so being very much in touch with um, some folks who are struggling within our community. She really became a very strong moral beacon, I think, for the group. She kind of personified a lot of what um, the rest of us believed. And um, she's, she is not shy, and she's very articulate in and of herself. I'm Johnny Yore. I live in Whitesfield. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> how long have you been in Waitsfield? 11 years. And how did you hear about this conversation? Why did you, why'd you decide from, to join? Uh, from uh, Dara Torres at, at Senior Lunch one day. She said, oh, we're looking for seniors. So have you taken an interest in education in general in the past? Or was it the community part that drew you or the education or both? I think the curiosity um, of what uh, what we can mold, or what you know, just how much flexibility and, and uh, that I don't know coming from a, a system from way way long ago and uh, far away. And I've been involved with my grandchildren, but certainly not as much as my daughter. So I was just interested. This seemed intriguing. Never heard of it that you know that the community could put in input. I thought it was interesting. And how has it gone so far? Oh, I thought it was, I was surprised and thrilled as much enthusiasm, truly, um, um, from my fellow seniors that I've seen around here to even the, the young people that seemed really um, caring and concerned. It's, 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 it's sort of reassuring. Has there been any surprises? Yes, in a way. Um, I'd hate to sound this way, but just how really intelligent our young people are. And um, uh, motivated, maybe. Yeah. Curious, I like that. I think they're, we're unique here, I admit that. Um, this, this valley, this state, very involved community, unique. It's, it's a blessing. These, uh, I think I, I the kids, um, I honestly think that they appreciate it more than I thought as far as the, the community, um, and, and most of them have engaged parents. I chose to come here. My daughter was in sixth grade. Didn't know a person, but I had been here, and um, I liked the feel, and... Um, the villages and um, I thought this is where as a single mom I got divorced when my daughter was two um, where I could still work have to work but also feel that she was safe in an involved um, community and it, and it was true now you've brought up a little bit about some volunteer work you did and how that has um, given some perspective on the conversations could you talk about that a little bit well, um, I was surprised when I was asked to become the coordinator for the Mad River Valley Food Shelf, the need in this community. You know, I really didn't know. Um, we do not let, as a rule, children from this area volunteer in the food shelf because we don't want to make that child's, you know, feel uncomfortable that there they come in and one of their classmates. Mm -hmm. We do encourage them to volunteer 
off hours, which um, you guys have certainly done, come help plant flowers and rake leaves and clean windows and mm -hmm. all those are things are good. And I think that is um, nurtured here at this school, um, the giving back. And uh, it's, it's so rewarding and it can start at any age. And I think if, if it's the seeds are planted at a young age, you know, do for this little old lady or, you know, just whomever. I think I, th I think that's good. Um. Do you think, I mean, because that equity conversation has been part of what we've been talking about. Do you see that this personalized learning approach could do something about these kind of inequities? Yes, also. I do. I definitely do. Um, you might go home and your parent might have, I, I, I mean, I know this, they maybe have some health issues and um, they're not able to sit down and help with their homework or so the kids get you know they don't get help at home uh i had a traumatic if i guess i never realized it but i guess if you were say a traumatic childhood and um i had a tutor come to my house because my mind was so involved with things in my my family life that um i couldn't concentrate once i was at school mm -hmm. it was hard to go to school this is my experience when your home life is in turmoil. Mm. And I know that it, it's happening today, maybe even on a grander scale. Mm. I think in my day, it was unusual to have not the mom and dad and the mm. leave it to be real life. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking today that would be the exception if you had a leave it to be real life. One of the students I learned the most from was Nina Brundage, my group co-facilitator and a senior at Harwood Union High School. I had a chance to speak with her and another Harwood senior about their impressions from the conversations. I'm Nina Brundage. I'm a senior and one of the facilitators. I'm Anna Van Dyne, also a senior, also a facilitator, and we are both co-presidents of student government. I write that. How did, what's your like general feeling afterwards? How did, how do you feel? How did it go? I thought it was really great. Um, I really liked to see that like grown-ups care about stuff too and like what they do about it okay i'm one of the students who's like really passionate about education and um it's great to see that adults care about that in the same way but also that they have different ideas different perspectives and like can apply life experience to that it was cool to see all of the people from different educational backgrounds and like how it doesn't like People's education, no matter how they got it, still left them as functional adults. And so I think that, you know, that gives me a lot of hope for my own future. But also, you know, I got a lot of ideas out of it, and I hope to act on some of them. Um, I think that it was really interesting staying neutral in the whole thing and keeping my mouth shut um, on some of these issues. It made me kind of process things more than I necessarily, like I would have in other circumstances. Um, and I liked kind of, I like seeing how everyone else processed things and how I would have gone about it. We had this one person in our group who has been teaching for 30 years and has participated in events like this throughout that career. You know, like about every five years mm -hmm. this happens um, and has seen very little change. And I actually found that really inspiring, like her lack of disillusionment and I don't know, the fact that she still has hope. So I think that- She still keeps coming to them. Yeah, and she, I think she hasn't that's given really up cool. on it. And so, I don't know, I think there 
is always going to be room for change no matter what we do end up changing but I'm glad that people are still open to change and trying to make it happen you know I was expecting a lot more confrontation in our group and we didn't really get that um maybe it would have been more fun like that but I think everybody was almost kind of on the same page same um where they understood that this was that something needed to happen and that this was trying to make that happen and everyone was very open to all of the new initiatives of the district that they've already made and I know on a student level that hasn't been we haven't had the same response with that um but everyone here was very open to trying to figure it all out and it was crazy how underutilized the resource of community is completely like we had a hundred community members here who were caring about education and you could easily match students to working with community members like that Mm -hmm. you could do you know these one-to-one like out-of-school relationships with people just you know there are so many opportunities that we have but don't realize we have or don't do anything to take advantage of and that was really eye-opening to me yeah, I feel like there's almost this sense that, like, oh, they won't care, they won't, like, take the time, but this is kind of shown otherwise. That there are people from all walks of life who are willing to come to Harwood from 6 to 8 on their Monday night and talk about change. So what do you predict is going to happen with the recommendations? You know, I honestly don't care what happens because I think that all of the people in my group are going to go out and do something just in their own lives. And I feel like people are under the impression that change has to come from the top down because our system is so bureaucratic, but it doesn't need to. Um, Every little thing that people do matters. Every dinner conversation matters. So I think that, I think stuff is going to happen no matter what. Um, And whether these recommendations are actually listened to or not, the change that needs to be happening on some level will be happening. I agree with that, but I do hope that there is a change at a higher level. I think that, you know, only so much can be done um, from the ground up and you do need some, some change up top as well. And it will take longer if these recommendations aren't listened to um, for the end goal to be reached. It's about meeting in the middle. It's about meeting in the middle. The best thing about the community conversations for me were that it allowed a sense of collective hope to be voiced and articulated. In terms of whether this, the community conversations have changed the dialogue around education in this community, I think that something has been set in motion and the Washington West Supervisory Union deserves great credit for being courageous enough to involve the community in this sort of way because once you set something in motion, you're not quite sure where it's going to go and it is, um, to their credit, giving, giving up a certain amount of control. This is also a great time for parents who feel disconnected from their kids and disconnected from the school and the community of knowing what their kids are learning um, to really put out what they feel and what they think and to kind of 
talk about it with other people, see if they have the same ideas, see if there are differences, and then have two people who go to the school really facilitate and help kind of guide that thought process. And so, so far, I have to admit, this is, it's enjoyable. I'm, I'm loving this, so. If you could steer the group towards like one thing we recommend to change, what would you want that to be? Possibly listen. Listen to the children. You know, people tell you, oh cliche, who they are. And they and they might not even fit these new ruts that you're you're carving out. There's always the, you know, you think this is for everyone. There's always the exception. And you don't want that one to fall through because even in the ex extended education system and the wonderful one, there's still the ones that, you know, and, if, and most of the educators here are caring and observant. And I just think really let the children tell you who they are and follow their lead. They, they, they know what they want. Sometimes they just don't know how to voice it. The 21st Century Classroom is made possible by the Tarrant Institute for Innovative Education, committed to engaging learners through technology. Find out more by visiting blog.tarrantinstitute.org.